Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Monday, April 16th, 2018, and this is our 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 4, We Agnostics, on page 51, the first paragraph, which begins with, This world of ours has made. We will be reading and commenting on three paragraphs, ending on page 52, with, for something new which does. Today's readers are Kathy W., Leslie M., Ashley P., Kathleen O., and Robin P. The reference number for Sunday, April 15, 2018's special edition meeting is 11300. That's one one three. And the reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11302. That's 11302. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Kathy W. to read the 12 Steps. Thank you. Good morning. This is Kathy W. Uh, I don't know what that was, but go ahead, Kathy W. (laughs) (laughs) This is a strange day for me, isn't it? This is Kathy W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Texas, and these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, 
made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, I pass. Thank you, Kathy W. I will now ask Leslie M. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, Rebecca F. Thank you for your service. This is Leslie M. I'm a compulsive overeater from Long Island, New York, and here are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Leslie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone 
except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 51, the first paragraph this world of ours has made through three paragraphs ending in For Something New Which Does. Our sharing will be focused on any part or all of the entire reading. Ashley P., please take it away. Hi, this is Ashley. We're having trouble hearing you, Ashley P. Uh, I don't know if you can tell that or not. Try again. Okay. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes. Very well. Okay. Good. Hi, this is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. This world of ours has made more material progress in the last century century than in all the millenniums which went before. Almost everyone knows the reason. Students of ancient history tell us that the intellect of men in those days was equal to the best of today. Yet in ancient times, material progress was painfully slow. The spirit of modern scientific inquiry, research, and invention was almost unknown. In the realm of the material, men's minds were fettered by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. Some of the contemporaries of Columbus thought around Earth preposterous. Others came near putting Galileo to death for his astronomical heresies. We asked ourselves this. Are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material? Even in the present century, American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers for a successful flight at Kitty Hawk. Had not all efforts at flight failed before? Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? Was it not true that the best mathematical minds had proved man could never fly? Had not people said God had reserved this privilege? to the birds. Only 30 years later, the conquest of the air was almost an old story and airplane travel was in full swing. But in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. Show any longshoreman a Sunday supplement describing a proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket and he will say, I bet they do it, maybe not so long either. Is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new? by the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget, which does not work for something new, which does. Um, I really love these paragraphs because they're really, really hopeful. Um, And they remind me of the sort of evolution of my thoughts as um, I, I came into the rooms. And I love it when the big book, does as it always does it it tells my story because as I'm reading that I when I think oh that's how I thought and that's how I um I I would like to to change that um the fact that it it's talking just about how my mind works um always always gives me hope then that my mind can work in in different ways um so when I'm reading this, I'm, I'm thinking about how it starts out with there were ideas that people believed were 100% true, you know, that Columbus thought that around Earth, Earth was preposterous, that um, Galileo was almost put to death, and, and that um, nobody thought that we could fly. And, and I, 
absolutely came into the rooms thinking that God had abandoned me, um, that God couldn't or wouldn't help me, and that I, um, yeah, so that I couldn't have a relationship with my higher power, uh, if there was a higher power out there at all, which I, I generally thought there was. I just, uh, I felt I felt abandoned by the things that had happened in my life, by um, a lifetime of my eating disorder, also um, of severe chronic pain. Um, and so it's, right, it's like Galileo and, and Columbus and the Wright brothers, 100% believing. I knew that God had abandoned me. Um, but then this is talking about how it's it's in our nature to change and it's it's in our nature to leave ideas and concepts that don't work behind and and that didn't work for me as much as I believed it it didn't work for me and I I needed uh, a relationship with a higher power um, that that would and that's what I found and and the way that I found that is by getting in this book by listening to these meetings by attending face-to-face meetings um, by getting a sponsor and and working the steps, um, which sort of taps into that desire deep down inside every one of us. There's a fundamental image of God. There's there's the fundamental um, desire to have a relationship with my higher power and this book and these steps um, and these meetings. That's what they give me, the ability to change, even when I think I absolutely 100% know something and that's my timer going off and um, with that I I pass well thank you Ashley P who would like to share on these three paragraphs Deborah P Deborah P Rebecca T Rebecca T Elaine B Julie E B Julie E.B. Marcy D. Marcy D. was it? D. D. Got it. No, D is in David. Yeah, I got that. And then the next one that I heard. Karen T. Karen T. Robin P. Okay, I'm going to stop after Robin P. And then we'll give people a chance again. Who I have are Deborah P., Rebecca T, Elaine B, Julie E B, Marcy D, Karen T, and Robin P. Thank you all so much for uh, waiting when you heard an, another voice at the same time. I got it was very clear for me. And for those who got on late, I'll just tell you that we're on paragraph one, page fifty-one, and we read three paragraphs. Deborah P, your turn. Good morning. This is Deborah P. from Northern California. Um, this is one of my favorite parts of this book. You know, when I when I first read this book, it didn't make any sense to me. But this one paragraph, this section of this paragraph on page 52 just hit me like a ton of bricks. Show any longshoreman a Sunday supplement describing a proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket and he will say I bet they do it maybe not so long either and that just hit me so hard because um, I was really struggling with the idea of God 
And the fact that this book was written in the 30s, long before we ever sent a rocket up into space, just blew my mind because if that's not God, I don't know what is. It just, I, I don't know, it floors me. I talk to other people and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, but this was written 30 years before, well, almost 30 years before we went to the moon. And here they're talking about going to the moon. It just blows my mind. Um, I was really struggling with the idea of a higher power and this just clinched it for me. So um, it just, every time I read it, it just blows my mind. Like God just put that in there. God wrote this book, higher power, whatever you want to say, I say God. And it, it just, it just blows my mind. I'm floored. I'm flabbergasted. Every time I read this, I just blows my mind. So thanks. That's it. Thank you, Deborah P. Rebecca T. Hey, everyone. It's Rebecca T. from Central California, Recovered Compulsive Eater. So awesome to be here. Um, so grateful to hear all of you share. Um, this, I don't have the book in front of me, so, um, but uh, this line called out to me to make me realize how I was before you know, not before I stepped in the doors, but before I became recovered, in my mind, I, even though I looked at that and thought, yeah, you know what, I think this program has something. And yeah, I think it is, is probably the higher power that's going to um, get me recovered if I were to let go of my self-will and concede that that is what would work for me. But because I was still in my own self-will, and the truth was, I I didn't want to give up the food. I didn't want to give up, you know, all of the things that, that I had been holding so dear. And in my mind, I thought, no, it's it's not going to be me that has to, you know, do, you know, daily spiritual recovery and check into a meeting every week and, and all that kind of stuff. And yet... When I think about it, I was it, that's definitely how deep my denial was because even part of my denial and my dishonesty said, "Oh, if I were to reach for a life like that of spiritual recovery, that sounds dismal, that sounds um constricting, that sounds so limited, that sounds so, you know, changing of my life." And how crazy that is because um that's actually my life being in the food. That's actually my life not being abstinent. That's my life not having um, a higher power and being with all of you awesome people every single day. And yet, I i mean, I totally t- twisted it around in my mind. Um, and uh, yeah, so so being in in recovery and being in this program now is definitely anything but dismal. I mean, I I I look forward to reaching out and asking for help. I look forward to going to meetings. I go there with like a jump in my step. I <laughs> I um I I don't have this loneliness and uniqueness and I'm all on my own kind of thing anymore. And um I'm so glad that I in a way had to try everything so that I could prove to myself that I'm not it. Um because I was pretty full of myself. Um so uh, thank you all for sharing, and I'm going to keep coming back. Thanks, bye.
Thank you, Rebecca T. Elaine B. Much for your service. Really appreciate it. Nice to hear you on the line. Miss um, Elaine B. recovered in Massachusetts. And so, um, you know, this makes me think of two, of a couple of things. First of all, in the doctor's opinion, where, um, uh, you know, I always think about Dr. Silkworth had access to all of the information on all of the planet being one of the leaders and one of the few places that specialized in alcoholic treatment. And he said that what you guys have may mark a new epoch in the annals of alcoholism, a whole new approach in all the history, all the research that we had. And, you know, who knew when they were writing this little chip of the book that it wasn't going to apply just to alcohol, that we'd be using it for food and gambling and sex and work and just billions, not billions of other things, but so many other things. You know, so I think about, you know, the way that things are marketed today, new and improved, new flavor, new this, new that. So you see one brand of dishwasher soap and 24 different options to buy or one brand of toothpaste and, and, you know, 24 different ways that you can have it, flavors or whiteners or brighteners or whatever, you know. So we find a good thing and we want to improve upon it or we poo-poo something new, (laughs) you know. Um, but the one thing that, that I've seen is that people try to improve upon this amazing work. I believe that these 12 steps in this little chip of a book were inspired, and that's why they work in so many different environments. But then we have people who want to rewrite it. You know, I can always do it better. I want to make it like me. You know, whether our 1A is, um, is anorexia or it's bulimia or it's binging or whatever uh, alcoholic foods we have a reaction to, this program will work for us, you know? And there's lots of different ways that, that people can work this, the Joe and Charlie way or the Lori C way or the whatever. And, and now it's like there's a vision way. But we're just a group of people who believe in this book passionately, who have found that this book works for us. This is a rocket ship that got us into the fourth dimension, a new experience. That, that can make, um, you know, compulsive overeaters just like me say that, uh, you know, the consciousness of the present of, presence of God today is the most important fact of my life. And, um, you know, it has helped me step away from the food. It is helping me with every problem that I have today. I was blocked from people, places, and things, and mostly my higher power. It was these steps that kept me running from the food and kept, me, kept a refrigerator and a grocery store and a drive through between me and the solution. And so I hope you find it today. Glad to be here with you. Thanks again for your service, and I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. Julie E.B. Hi, this is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered in Colorado for today. Um, I'm just so grateful to hear um, this section of this amazing chapter today. And uh, it started me thinking about my fixed ideas. Um, I used to discard a lot of things for new gadgets, uh, especially for the next new diet. I spent 36 years pursuing, um, pursuing the right weight uh, where I would be happy, uh, pursuing outside 
um, control of my environment so I would feel settled. And now I have something that, that starts from the inside and works out as I am awake to what uh, my higher power is doing in my life. Um, and the, one of the great thinkers uh, of our age states that the opposite of trust, the opposite of faith, is not in fact doubt, but it is certainty. And uh, I find this very much to be what this section is talking about, that when I have certainty and fixed ideas, um, I I can't uh, explore. And so if you're willing to just try something else, if you're willing to say, maybe this could work for me, um, then you're on the road. And uh, your fixed ideas might move. Mine went from pursuing uh, a perfect weight to pursuing a perfect abstinence, then to pursuing a perfect serenity that I would impose on the world around me if I just thought about things the right way. But then I, I began to see as I got recovered that it's really about pursuing increased conscious contact with God and being awake uh, to what my higher power, who I choose to call God, might be doing today. And so I asked that I would be awake today um, and not blocked by the food, by emotions, by my own will, and just open uh, to what might be just the next right thought or action. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Julie E.B. Marcy D. Hi, this is Marcy D., a recovering compulsive overeater from Northern California. And thank you so much. Um, You know, I didn't have any religious training growing up. And there was no real talk of any God in our house. We went over to our grandparents' house for certain holidays. And the only thing we celebrated during those holidays was eating. You know, that's what we did. We had these big eating things. And when I was a young adult, I actually debated the existence of God and felt very proud of that. Like, I don't believe in a God. But obviously what I believed in was food because that's what I prayed to. And I kept on using it and using it and thinking about it all the time and spending a lot of energy and thinking about what's what the next bite is going to be. And realizing now, this pretty late in my life, that if I replace food with God and think about God and, like, what's my next step to be? Um, Lord, my life is so much better. And I just... um I don't know, this, the, the whole God thing has been quite a, a a challenge for me, but it feels like much less of a challenge than it used to be. And right now it's like, well, why not believe in God? I know somewhere in the big book on these pages, I can't remember where it says you either believe or you don't believe. And so I remember when I heard that, it was like, oh, well, why not believe? And just this morning when, you know, I haven't tuned in to these meetings for a while, and this morning I realized, oh, the 
the food is calling to me, and it hadn't been for a while. And I got stopped dead in my tracks this morning. And I went, oh, Lord. I said, God, please help me. And in that moment, I was relieved of the desire to go towards the food. And I said, let me get on the vision phone line. I could just cry. Because every time I ask for God's help, I get it. If I just sincerely say, God, please help me, and I wait for an answer, and the answers come very, very quickly, I get it. I mean, how much more proof do I really need than that? When I ask for God's help, I get it. I mean, come on, Marcy. You know, that's that's pretty much a lot of proof. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Marcy D. Karen T. Hello, can I be heard? I hear you, Karen T. Hi, this is Karen T., Recovered Compulsive Reader from New Orleans, Louisiana. I am so grateful to be here live. I haven't been live on this meeting for such a long time. Yay. Um, I've been struck by uh, liberation of our thinking and the ease at which we discard old ideas for new. You know, uh, if I think I know what this big book says and I think I know what this program's all about, I am shutting myself off. I need to be open to having a new experience each day with these steps, like it says in the set-aside prayer. And, um, you know, thought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. Improve. I can discard old ideas for new ones. When I came into the program, I had lots of old ideas and I've had to replace them with new ones that work. New ones about how I am willpowerless over food, but there is a higher power. And um, selfishness is not the way to happiness. And I cannot wrest satisfaction out of this world if I only manage well. These are old ideas which I had to discard. And so there's other old ideas that I don't even know that I have that I'm going to be asked to discard as I continue working these steps, as I continue to work in steps 10, 11, and 12. And the uh, motivation for all of this goes back to step one for me. How do I get an open mind? How do I really get liberation from my thinking? Desperation. If I truly believe that I am powerless over food and I have to keep working this program, and I have to keep an open mind or I will go back to those desperate days. For me, it was driving from drive-thru to drive-thru, hoping that I would buy just enough so I could get home. And then I would eat it and it wouldn't be enough and I'd have to go to the next drive-thru. So um, it's the step one that gives me the fuel to do the rest of the steps. So that's the fear it gives me the rest to do the rest of the steps. But also there's another part that I'm motivated by besides the fear that comes from step one, and that is from wanting to be of love and service to my higher power and those around me. So I can be motivated by pride and fear or love and service today. And usually it's a combination of all four. <laughs> and with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Karen T. Robin P. 
Hi, this is Robin. Can I be heard? I hear you, Robin P. Oh, great. Thank you. Hi, I'm Robin P. Uh, thank you so much for your service and for the meeting. And, you know, um, I just, I love this. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a serial inventor. I invent uh, several things, and uh, I really appreciate these paragraphs because, you know, um, it just speaks to me. <laughs> um, sometimes you're ahead of the curve. And, um, and it, it says, but in most fields, our generations have witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. And that's the whole thing about recovery for me. You know, I just get to keep honest, open, and willing. And I'm supposed to grow spiritually. That's the, the goal. And, you know, when I came into this program and, and got abstinent, you know, um, about two and a half years ago, I didn't realize that this would be about being of service and being willing to um, be used by God, you know, for to help make a difference for other people. And really, that's it, you know, for me, is that to be honest, open, and willing to be used as an instrument of his peace. And, and who knew that's what, you know, this, I thought this was about putting the food down. And it is, but it's about picking up life, you know. And, um, and I also love that it says, by complete readiness with which we throw away the gadget, we're so willing and to, to throw away the old and pick up the new in so many areas of our life, and we get to do that every day in this program. And, you know, my happiest moments throughout the day are really about when I'm giving service to somebody and making a difference in their life and, um, and God using me for good. And um, it's such a blessing to be part of this program and to feel like it fills, it's a God hole. You know, food doesn't fill it. Nothing from the outside fills the God hole, like being of service and um, and God using my gifts for good. So um, I'm so grateful that I don't live in Russian roulette anymore, you know, that I get to just live on purpose and uh, and, to, and one day at a time to just keep growing to be whom I'm supposed to be. So uh, with that, I pass. God bless everybody. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Robin P. Before I take more names, I'm just going to let anyone who got on late know that we read three paragraphs beginning on page 51 with the first paragraph that starts, This World of Ours Has Made, and we're sharing on any or all of these three paragraphs. And who else would like to share? Kathleen O. Kathleen O. Barbara E. Barbara E. Mo H. Is it Mo H? Correct. Hi, Mo. Thank you. Hi. Okay. Kathleen O, Barbara E, and Mo H. Kathleen O, please go right ahead. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service this morning. This is Kathleen O, recovered in Northern California. Are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as we were, as were the ancients about the realm of the material? And this gives us reason to open our minds. 
you know, are we beaten into a state of reasonableness? On page 44, we're told that being doomed to an alcoholic death or live on a spiritual basis are not always easy alternatives to face. But if you are the real compulsive overeater, those are our choices. You know, we can die a slow, miserable, torturous death, or we can live on a spiritual basis. And if there's a door number three, none of us have found it. I was sick and tired of suffering from hopelessness and helplessness. So I chose to take a look at what Bill said, that God either is or God isn't. You know, what was my choice going to be? And we can't tell you how to feel or what to believe. And for me, that was a good thing. I got to choose my own concept of God. And for those who struggle with God, um, these are not my words, but when I heard them, they just seemed so profound to me and really resonated with me that God is merely a symbol for that which there isn't a word. There's no beginning or no end. And I got to choose and I got to name it. And you can too. You know, I don't have to put a gender to my God. You know, there's a, um, a late fellow who was very beloved um, who used to call her higher power Dee Dee. And she would refer to Dee Dee as a she. And that was really helpful to me because, you know, Bill tells us that half of us are agnostic. You know, we're doubters. And I know I came in as agnostic. I doubted everything. But... I was, so good at, well, I was so good at doing what destroyed me. I used food to change how I was feeling. And when I had a problem, I'd eat. And of course, it didn't solve the problem. It only made it bigger. And I became, more, I became bigger. And I became more miserable in the food. So we need to find a power greater than ourselves, which will solve our problem. And not just the food problem, but the living problem. I had a problem living life. Open-mindedness, honesty, and willingness is how this program works. If you want freedom from the life of compulsive overeating, all you need to start is to have your own concept of God. And it's okay if that concept changes over time. I know mine continues to change. Page 568 tells us we can recover provided we do not close our mind to all spiritual concepts. Adopt the attitude of openness. This can work for you. If it worked for me, trust me, it can work for you. And with that, I pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Kathleen O. Barbara E. Good morning, everyone. Barbara E. here in New Jersey. Oh, I've loved these shares. Uh, Rainy days can bring wonderful things. Uh, The Wright brothers, only birds were meant to fly. And 30 years later, we knew differently Now the moonshot is just something we accept as being commonplace. Uh, My cell phone, I I had a Captain Kirk original cell phone, flip phone. When I was told that there was such a thing as a smartphone, I said, I'm not smart enough for a smartphone. But I got one anyway, and I learned by following the directions in the manual, reading them carefully, reading them more than once, and doing it. And that's the same thing I had to do in this program. My fixed ideas, my self-centeredness was getting me nowhere. I'd lost my self-confidence. I never believed I would overcome my disease of compulsive overeating. I was told repeatedly to just push away from the table. 
And I felt internally that I was judged, damaged because of my body. I felt stupid. I felt unworthy. I felt I was a glutton. And I, was, and I felt I was out without a moral compass. My fixed ideas limited my effectiveness in the world. And they were killing me. Today, thanks to this program, I start every day with a simple thank you to my higher power. And I end every day with a simple thank you. And I ask my higher power if it is his will to guide me to remove those defects of characters he thinks I should work on today. I accept that I'm human and I'm of value. I accept that I can be recovered. I accept that I must be vigilant and hold out my hand to others in order to keep what I've been so graciously given. And one of those things is this program of visionaries that speak every single day. And I learn something every single day from every one of you. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Mo H. Good morning, Rebecca. Can you hear me? I hear you, Mo H. Okay, thank you. Good morning to everyone. Team Monday. Uh, it's raining here in Northern California. Mo, Mo H. Recovered compulsive eater here in wonderful Northern California. Well, the first thing that hit me in this was the first sentence. This world of ours has made more material progress in the last century than in all the millennium which went before. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, they didn't know what was going to happen uh, in, in, you know, the two, in, the, in, the tw- in the 21st century and all the progress that has been made. And it seems like everything I have gets old uh, before I have time to use it up. And, uh, you know, it's deemed old and I need to buy, get something new. So that was the first thing that hit me, that I have to I have to constantly be, and this is what's the next piece, is all sorts of fixed ideas. I have to be open-minded was the thing that came up to me when I saw that. And I grew up in a family where the ideas were very fixed. My religious ideas were fixed. My schooling ideas were fixed. My dancing career was fixed. Everything was that was fixed. I had fixed times to practice. And so I grew up with a very narrow-minded, and so and and then I felt that same way when I would find diets. It was just it was this diet that was going to work for me because the magazine said so, or or the TV personality said so. And I, when I even came into the rooms, I had fixed ideas. You know, fixed idea about God that. I knew my God and I didn't need to do steps two and three. So I wasn't open-minded about doing the steps as they were written. And slowly, slowly, very slowly, I became open-minded and as willing as the dying are to listen. And about two and a half years ago, I was dying back in the food after many, many, many years of the program. And I really surrendered I was desperate and willing to do whatever it took to uh, to work this program. And thanks to all of you and to this uh, meeting, uh, there was complete liberation of my thinking, as it says here on the top of page 52. And 
My, I discarded old ideas for new ones, and I'm continually open-minded to hearing what you say on the vision meeting, uh, to getting gold, what I call them golden nuggets. And so I think that's all I have to say for today. And there's a nice big downpour of rain here in California, and I'm appreciating it. Thank you, Rebecca, again. And without a pass. Thanks, Mo H. It looks like we have time for two more shares. Any takers? Pam in, Pam in Seattle. Pam. Pamela. Pamela. Dorita P. in Cleveland. Dorita P. You're going to be our last two. Pamela, and your first initial, go right ahead. Thank you. My first uh, initial is C. Um, and I have never spoken on the Vision for You meetings, but have been on them for years. And um, my gosh, I just feel like my um, I am being broken open. And um, the shares today um, have just been particularly helpful. The idea of, um, I was really struck by fixed ideas uh, in the reading and, and in shares. Um, and I grew up with such fixed ideas. That's just the deal. And so I had shut, I, I thought, okay, if those don't work, then um, uh, particularly around religion, if those don't work, then um, I'm I'm on my own. And what a scary preposition. Um, and I, I know I have heard um, from others that the opposite of addiction is connection. And that was a really clarifying um, thought, too. I hadn't realized um, at, as we learn in reading this book how um, cramped we are, how clenched I am. Um, in my fixed ideas. And I just feel like I'm uh, being given breathing space. So very grateful to be on the meeting today and um, and to be with all of you. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Pamela C. Dorita P. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Hi, my name is Dorita P. from Cleveland, and I'm a Recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm really grateful to be here. Um, I wasn't going to share. I was enjoying, you know, listening to all the shares, and you know, I said, well, maybe it's meant for me to share. You know, all this open space. So here I am. Um, yeah, I can really relate to all of this and having these fixed ideas. Um, you know, um, I could not stop eating, and I thought that um, what I knew about myself and about food and about everything, I thought what I uh, believed or knew what was right, you know, was right and, and was like the last word. You know, I had the last word, um, n- uh, not, my, not my higher power. Um, and I was angry at God uh, when I came here. Uh, several people had died uh, in the 
span of a couple of years. And, you know, so God was just taking all of these important people away from me. So I had the thought that um, if there was a God, uh, he sure hasn't done anything for me. And um, just this uh, last part I heard somebody share, which kind of really made me think about it. You know, this last part, um, um, the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget, which does not work for something new, which does. And I just thought about like, you know, like DVD players, VCRs and um, all of this stuff, um, MP3 players, all of this stuff, (laughs) you know, um, um, it's just funny. It's funny how we just go through so much stuff uh, now, like technology and, um, and, you know, we're all for that, you know, we're all for that, uh, you know, making our lives easier or, you know, making things more convenient. Um, but I'm just really grateful that I did come to believe in a power greater than myself um, because it changed everything. Well, the one thing it changed is it took all the pressure off of me. I no longer had to carry this load of the world on my shoulders. You know, it was no longer uh, for me to carry around. So I could just focus on my little part and uh, play my part and, um, you know, give the rest to my higher power. And I try to worry about people and changing people. I can change nobody but myself. So I'm just really grateful for this program. Um, You know, I lost 100 pounds. And, uh, well, I didn't lose it, you know. uh, God um, did it through me, I guess, uh, because I couldn't stop eating. I could not stop eating for the life of me. So I'm just really grateful, and I just want to welcome any newcomers. Welcome. Um, Just stick around. Stick around and um, pick, pick a sponsor. Pick somebody who you could relate to and just follow what they do. Uh, and with that, I'll pass. pass. Thank you. Well, perfect timing. I'll close from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Kathleen O. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only keep you until then. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own home is in order. Sorry, if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet someone as you tread to the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.